Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And I have some sad news this week. I had to finally say goodbye to the Mini Cooper. Is it sad? It was emotional. I've had it was like my first big car after college, and and I don't know. I got I'm sentimental about the car. I put a lot of work and love into the stupid thing, and it was a waste of love and time. Yeah, because <laughs> it just don't get a Mini Cooper. I can't recommend it to anybody now. They're fun if you can like rent one or borrow one from a friend to drive, but I do not recommend buying one. Um, the repair costs ended up costing more than what the car was actually valued at. <laughs> so. Yeah. I ended up getting a Subaru. I have a 2014 Subaru Crosstrek now. So I'm part of the Subaru cult. Yeah, you went from one cult to the, to another cult. Yeah, I tend to like cults, I guess. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think at least if nothing else, you got a cooler car out of the deal. So and hopefully a more reliable car. Yeah, especially for being where we're located. Like obviously the Northeast, if people don't know, I guess, um, we get a lot of snow and the weather here during the winter sucks. So I need, I mean, the Subaru I have now has all-wheel drive. The Mini Cooper before was basically a death trap in the winter. So yeah. more practical choice. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. But like I said, it was it was sad to let go of something like that I, you know, put so much love into. But it's for the best. Yeah. No, I, I think so. I think that'll be uh, a better, you know, I, I'm aware of this. So obviously it wasn't a surprise to me. But, yeah. you know, because of our business and your teaching and the that the car was a headache for you and for me so it was like it's time <laughs> well, to get rid of this you're the one thing. who always heard about it so yeah. yeah you're like i'm sick of hearing about the stupid car get a different one <laughs> and the thing is with a mini cooper it's a bmw so anytime you need to get something fixed on it it's a thousand dollars plus for anything well, yeah. i think if you just so, drove past the dealership they charged you a thousand dollars so yeah I, yeah it, it was time and and it yeah. was also you know as somebody that uh, tends to either work on their car or has family members that can work on cars. The Mini had all these weird stipulations. God forbid you want to change your own tire because they're not Mini tires or God forbid you want to yeah. put a different air filter in it without taking the engine out. It's just like this car, every single thing you did required extensive work. Yeah, like anytime you wanted to change something, it was you had to take half of the car apart to get to it because it was like a little puzzle. Everything's so compact. And it's funny because when I opened the hood of my Subaru, it's like I can see everything. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So it was just weird how much space there is in the front of that car. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think, you know, the minis are are cool stylistically. They're interesting cars, but yeah, I just don't a, think it's practical. It's a cool culture, but that's it. And unless you're making the money, you know, enough money to really keep up with the maintenance mm-hmm. and it's just not worth it. It was just too much mm-hmm. of a hassle for for everybody involved and I think this is a peace of mind for you, for me, for everybody that's, you know, uh, a part of part of your life in any way that it's just <laughs> yeah. like, we know you're going to at least make it somewhere. Now. We know that we won't have to hear you complaining about your car when we see you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Plus, if, and now if, I have heated seats, so I can't really. Well, complain. yeah, I it was absolutely an upgrade for I mean, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an upgrade all around for this this new car to you. And um, I, I personally I had told you this off the stream, but I personally loved it. I, I think it's a way better than the other car. I hated yeah, your really, other like, car. Out, yeah, it's very like outdoorsy. Like it, it fits my lifestyle a lot more than the Mini did. Like yeah. whenever we would, I would go hiking somewhere and if I was driving friends, I would always have to worry like, oh, I hope it's not a dirt road getting to the trailhead because I could bottom out. 
And even going to like my horse riding lessons, the, the road to get to the barn has so many potholes in it and it's a dirt road. Every time I would have to like maneuver and do all these crazy things. Now I have so much clearance under my car, I could go under it and lay under it and, and be comfortable. <laughs> well, I, I sent you a link and it was, you can, I mean, people use them as like rally cars. You can yeah, really yeah. soup the thing up. And I mean, it's, cool. it's pretty cool. It's Yeah, it's definitely cool. If I didn't have mm-hmm. the truck I have after looking at your car and looking at some of its, you know, I mean, I, I still like having what I have, but that would definitely be something I would consider for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I plan on having another car. I have other plans, so I don't want another yeah. car. But uh, if, if it came down to it and you needed to get another one, that would be... Yeah, it would Probably definitely be a consideration. Different. I really yeah, like that. Yeah. I really, I'm really happy with. I'm excited to to be able to be in the new car as opposed to ever being in the old car. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of fun, cool little little things I have planned to kind of cosmetically make it look all nice and stuff. So nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Good. Well, congratulations. It was a stressful week, but it was worth it. Yeah, definitely worth yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It, it paid off in the end. Yeah. It could have been much, much worse. So. <laughs> yeah. It was like over $3,000 to fix my mini. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and and it was almost like gratification because the day I had to bring my mini to the dealership I got my Subaru to trade it in, it stalled. Yeah. Um, awesome. As I was driving it there. So I didn't even know if I was going to make it. <laughs> yeah. It was like one final... <laughs> nail in the coffin like the whole right there i'm like a ball of anxiety and i'm like just make it there just make it there just make it there coasting it in i was like you piece of crap get me there (laughs) it's like it knew it was happening yeah but yeah all good now so good well after after that let's jump into some news yes so we got some news. Suda 51, and you probably know them. I, I know them from No More Heroes and Killer 7 and games like that. Because the most recent No More Heroes finally came out, they are sort of wondering what's next. And they were in an interview in the company, the people that were interviewed that were saying, what do you, what do you got planned? What's, what's going on? Um, and apparently they've already got ideas and plans for the next 10 years. Studio 51 is actually saying that, um, you know, we're going to do three new, they said double A scale IPs as opposed to triple A, because it's going to be just a smaller team and, you know, smaller budget or whatever. But apparently the idea is first they want to do an original IP where that's already in pre-production and that's pretty much all the info they got out of Suda 51. That's that's it. We're in pre-production and uh, more is going to come out soon. So, okay, we got an original, original IP in the works right now. The second they're thinking of, he was he specifically said he's thinking of do playing around with an existing IP, but a game version, which well, I, I'm trying to think an existing IP, but then do a game version of it. So maybe something for a movie or television, that's what I'm thinking. something yeah. like that, maybe a book. I guess you could do a mm-hmm. book version of something. So that's kind of interesting. Of the three things that made me sort of interested. And then the third mm-hmm. is that going back to an original IP. So these are the three games he's sort of forecasting for the next 10 years. But that was really all he got into. Then, then the interview asked, what games would you maybe remake or, you know, you're talking about an existing IP, what games or something from back in the day would you want to reboot or would you want to work on? And Suda51 said, I don't have any concrete plans at the moment, but of course I'm always open to collaboration with Nintendo. So that's very cool. There's a lot of potential there for him to work with Nintendo again on something. 
Personally, I've never been really a fan of any of Suda51's games, so it's hard for me to get super excited about this because I thought No More Heroes was just just weird for weird sake and it didn't really do a whole lot for me. I know there's hardcore fans that love that franchise and I'm sure you're super excited for anything Suda51 works on. But for me personally, I'm kind of a taker to leave it. I don't really like his style. Um, so who knows? Maybe that maybe we'll see something and it'll totally change my opinion. But there's three games potentially in the works, but like always, we didn't really get a whole lot of information. Yeah, it's so cool that they're able to at least say something about like their 10-year plan for mm-hmm. for those fans of No More Heroes. Because I know that the more, the recent No More Heroes games that came to Switch, I think I got some pretty good reviews from the people that do like that series. So I'm sure they're pretty excited. More news from kind of like the development side of things. Um, CD Projekt Red or I guess CD Projekt Group. I don't know when they changed their name, but apparently they're CD Projekt Group now. Um, They acquired a development company called the Molasses Flood. CD Projekt Group, obviously known for Witcher 3, Cyberpunk 2077, you know, the little tiny small indie developer game. Yeah, little games. (laughs) Um, They acquired the US-based developer, the Molasses Flood, known for The Flame in the flood and drake hollow i'm not familiar with the flame in the flood i am f- little familiar with drake hollow though mm-hmm. um and they seem like pretty cool games um cd project group said we're always on the lookout for teams who make games with heart the molasses flood share a passion for video game development their experience quality oriented and have great technical insight i'm convinced they will bring a lot of talent and determination to the group um pr also stated that the newly acquired studio is going to be working on its own ambitious project based on one of cd project red cd projects ips so they're working with one of their ips um they're going to be sharing more details in the future so cool i wonder what ip it's going to be this is exciting i'm a fan of cd project red or whatever cd project group or whatever they call themselves i think that's very cool anything that they come out with i'm probably going to be a fan of i would i loved witcher 3 i know cd or cyberpunk got a lot of slack and they're still trying to fix that and i know there was a lot a lot a lot of bugs and issues Mm -hmm. with it um but as somebody that i even though i wanted that game the the day it came out i was still pretty deep in witcher 3 so i didn't play it and i mean i played witcher 3 five years after it released and absolutely loved it so i don't care but i know and i can understand where all the like anger came from you know this game had been built up and and it came out basically unfinished so by the time i get around to playing cyberpunk it'll probably be just as amazing as witcher 3 was and so you know i'll be excited about that and i'm excited about any other game that cd project group comes out with i love the gwent game on my phone and i have another one of their games on the switch that i haven't got around to that's gwent based and like sort of story based mixed together so anytime they're working on something new uh i'll check it out for sure yeah, and it seems like anything CD Projekt touches is just cool. So the yeah. fact that they are building and expanding and getting more talent in only means good things for the future. So that's awesome. I also think that, you know, the team that was building Cyberpunk and Witcher. They the, were the, they were the, pushed hard. Well, the people in the trenches, yeah. the people actually doing the work are not the ones that said, you know, hey, let's put out a broken game. That's management. Yeah, that's yeah. people higher up. That's the people that are counting the counting the coins over there. And no, yeah, I think totally. they're to blame for that. And I I don't want to fault CD Project, whatever they are, for, you know, the shoddy game. And I hope that it's a lesson learned that you can't force and, and, and push out stuff just because you gave a arbitrary deadline. 
You know, yeah, don't, don't was... give deadlines and then keep pushing the deadline. Just don't give one. And when the game's done and the game is ready, then then release it. And hopefully they've learned that. And for those of you who haven't heard about any of the behind the scenes stuff about Cyberpunk 2077, there is a documentary that Michael and I watched um, a little while ago on YouTube about everything that happened behind the scenes. Um, I think it's by Cinematic Gaming is the the channel. And it's just called Making a Cyberpunk 2077 Behind the Scenes Documentary. And it kind of breaks down a lot of the things that went wrong and, and the time pressure and how unfair it was for the developers and everything. And it just sheds a light on a lot of that stuff. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on this and see where this one goes. Mm-hmm. Now, last week we mentioned Metroid Dread and that there was the game breaking bug that was in there towards the end. Apparently that has been fixed. We did say it would be coming out at the end of the month and here we are. It is now out. You can update your Metroid Dread with the new patch and you should be good. They did also include, quote, fixed several other issues to improve the overall gameplay experience and quote, I don't know what that means. The gameplay experience is pretty amazing as it is. But uh, yeah, I guess any improvements are good improvements. So um, now you can beat the game without any problem. I haven't even gotten to that point yet, so I'm not too concerned. Did you, was it an automatic update or did it let you know it was updating the game and to just wait when you played? I haven't seen anything about an update. I will check before I play it. So I'm assuming it was automatic, but uh, I'm only playing it on stream. So this came out after that. Gotcha. Okay. We also recently talked about the Grand Theft Auto trilogy. There's been more details released about that. Apparently, the digital version is going to be 25.4 gigabytes, which is very large for Switch standards. I think the only other games that are, well, at least I know of one game that's larger than that, and that's the 2016 Doom game. Um, Man, but I again, guess. that's that's a that's a pretty hefty file size. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to um, make room if I'm gonna get that. I don't know if yeah, I've I know. got that much room left on my Switch. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will probably be in the same boat. Um, But because this is such a big file size, there's a lot of questions coming up about how they're going to actually release a physical version of this. Because um, if they do an all-on cartridge type thing, it means Rockstar would have to pay for higher capacity like stock from Nintendo, um, which is, I mean, I'm sure extremely expensive. Um, But also in the past, some publishers will buy cartridges with too little memory and then enforce mandatory downloads on players later. Um, One example of this is LA Noir. It had a hefty 29 gigabyte um, for the the actual game download. But if you got the physical edition, that's great. But then it also had a 14 gigabyte um, download on top of the game cartridge. So there's no answers yet. it's just a lot of speculation has come up based on that file size. Because, I mean, it is three games in one, right? Yeah. So pretty interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. But I'm sure as soon as more information is out there, we'll have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I'm looking right now at mine. I would definitely have to make room. I only have 22 mm. gigs available on my SD card. And the biggest uh, game on my SD card currently is Bioshock Infinite. And that's Mm -hmm. 17 gigs, 17.4 gigs. So yes, I would most definitely, this would be by far the largest uh, digital file on my Switch, if that's that's the case, if these reports are true. So it's it's a whopper. For me, I would probably end up getting the physical edition and just doing the smaller download and then hoping it had cloud saves. That's probably how I would have to approach it because I... I have so many games on my Switch that are on there that I still need to play, and there's no way I would have room 
<laughs> for me, as much as I do want this, I would probably play and then delete uh, a bunch of the games off of my Switch before mm-hmm. I even get this. Just because I've already played all these games. I love the idea True. of it. I'm excited yeah. to do play these again, but it's not something I need right now. And I would finish playing Bioshock and I would finish playing whatever the other ones were that are on there. And, mm-hmm. and then I would just delete them um, and then get this. You know, and add this to the to the collection just so I have it and it's there, and I don't have to worry about the disc or anything like that. Because right now my game slot's going to be filled by Animal Crossing. That's true. In the foreseeable future, <laughs> you know, before when I had Witcher Three and Animal Crossing, even though it was just switching between two games, it was just kind of a huge hassle. And that's right. I forgot you had the physical version of Animal Crossing. Yeah. So I'm switching back and forth. And now that, you know, we're going to be getting this Animal Crossing update here in a couple of weeks, uh, that's going to stay in the Switch, you know, permanently. (laughs) Yeah, permanently. And then uh, everything else I play digitally. So yeah, this this is big. It's something to consider if that's the case. Like for me, you know, I don't want to go, I don't even know what size SD card I have. I know it's large. Uh, it's my, it's my it second one. <laughs> it's, I don't even know what it, yeah. it, it's big and it's, it's probably just too many games is what I actually yeah. have. But, um, speaking of too many games and another game I'd be adding to my collection, 100%. Uh, we, we all know that I'm a huge fan. Christina's a huge fan of Stardew Valley. Well, the creator concerned ape actually revealed recently the next game that he is currently working on. And if you didn't know, concerned ape is basically just one dude making games. Eric Barone actually announced that his next game, the new game is called Haunted Chocolatier, which is currently in development. He did show some some little uh, screenshots. And actually, before this podcast, before we recorded, I actually found um, that they released uh, some a, a tiny teaser trailer of it too. So you could see it in, in action, which is kind nice. of cool. Uh, he was saying that this game is going to be going beyond the ordinary with the assistance of magical ghost chocolate. He was quoted <laughs> to say, in Stardew Valley, the focus was more humble. You're living off the land, you're growing food and connecting to the people and nature around you. However, with the next game, I wanted to explore more fantastical possibilities possibilities experiences that take you beyond the ordinary that's where magical haunted ghost chocolate comes in which sounds delicious and scary um deliciously scary deliciously scary perfect (laughs) for this time of year it's evolving organically as i develop it so i'm not sure where it will go but at its core the gameplay loop involves gathering gathering ingredients making chocolate and running a chocolate shop of course there's a lot more to the game than that but i don't want to get too deep into it at this early stage partly because i don't want to be tied down to any particular concept of what the game is so i don't think i think fans are fine with that i don't think fans are itching for him to churn this out take yeah. your time Don't take rush all the it. time you need uh stardew valley was an amazing game and i think this will be just as wonderful but as of right now us switch players may have to wait a little bit longer because this is 100 percent com- coming to pc just like stardew valley did uh and then eventually there's every intention to go to consoles but my guess is those would be rolled out later i doubt it would yeah. all come out at the same time um, and that was very much the track that it took originally on steam it went to 
Steam and then we got it on consoles. So I'm excited. I love the aesthetic. It's very Stardew Valley looking, uh, but it's running on a completely new engine. And I like that this is some other world story. And who knows, maybe it's in the same world as Stardew Valley and there'll be tie-ins at some point. That would be kind of cool. I could see that happening. I could well, see that. There was stuff with like the wizard and the witch in Stardew Valley, which I was really interested in. And it kind of seems like he's taking that storyline and just going with it. Well, that's what I mean. If so, this ends up being in the same world, there's no yeah. reason these, you know, this this chocolatier couldn't be in existence in the city that you left from, or it's in a different town. And then, you know, I could see other DLCs and expansions coming out where now they're co- kind of combined, and it would be really cool. I think the potential's there. I liked what I saw from the the screenshots and from the little trailer. So I'm all I'm all in for it. I love Stardew Valley. It just makes me want to go play that some more mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I'm excited to see where this goes in the future. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it looks very similar to Stardew Valley. Like it's yeah. all the same kind of graphics and everything. It looks like it's almost an expansion of the original game, but clearly it isn't. It's its own totally different thing, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that does it for all of our news this week and brings us to our top 10 bestsellers. In first place, we have Metroid Dread. In second, Mario Party Superstars. Third, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Fourth, Minecraft. Fifth, Animal Crossing Horizons, making it back in the top 10. In sixth, we have Diablo 2 Resurrected. In seventh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Eighth, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Ninth, Tetris Effect Connected. And 10, Among Us. And I do want to mention, if those of you who are big Tetris Effect Connected fans, there was a big update that came out this past week. Uh, Me and Michael aren't super into it, so we didn't really you know, cover the story, but it's out there. So make sure you update your game. And then as far as other new games in the top 30, we have in 19th is Disco Elysium, the final cut. 24th is Dying Light, Platinum Edition. And 26th, Jackbox Party Pack 8. Very nice. I'm a little bummed. I heard bad things about Disco Elysium on the Switch, that it is not performing well at all, that it is Mm. very buggy and not optimized. Now, I'm hoping that's something that gets... be an update. (laughs) I'm really hoping that's something that gets updated and gets fixed because that's where I want to play it. But uh, yeah, I I was watching, I don't know, something, maybe NVC or listen to NVC and one of the one of the hosts on there was playing it and said that it is not good. They they Uh said they strongly, strongly advise against playing it on the switch. So just makes me feel better about waiting to play a lot of games. Yeah, for a while. yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> that's the way, and and, yeah. and you know, and that go, that's that's why people wanted a switch upgrade. You know, mm-hmm. not just a better screen, but a better performance. And yeah. um, this so is so developers don't have to take shortcuts. Well, this is proof games. of that. Games yeah. can't run on the Switch. They just mm-hmm. they're not able to. The Switch is, you know, getting old and uh yeah. issues. It needs it needs an update. There definitely needs to be an actual performance update here in the future to, to be able to keep up with some of the games that people want to play. So now let's get into games more people will maybe want to play that are coming out this week. And we actually have a few checks. And the very first one, and this could be the response Nintendo has for the performance issue, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's the cloud version. And in my opinion, it's probably the only way you could have this game on the Switch. Definitely. This is a full price $60 (laughs) game. And as you all know, Guardians of the Galaxy, this is going to be an action adventure. Uh, You're getting the whole cast from the movie in there. Everybody, even though it's not like the movie version, it's the actual Marvel comic version, but... 
you're going to get them all in there and you're going to be battling it out and it just looks really really good i don't i'm not bothered at all by the cloud version of it that i think if you're gonna have it you want to play it then you kind of have to be okay with that you got it that's the way you're playing it in this in the switch yeah if you're gonna want high quality games like high quality AAA games like that on the switch you're gonna have to get comfortable with cloud games yeah it's I just think how so. it is I yeah so. yeah but this looks pretty good uh i wasn't excited at first but then the more i've seen of this game the more i'm like yeah that, that's mm-hmm. looking really good it looks fun yeah it looks a lot of fun and, yeah. and and everybody the personalities are nailed and it just it's just if you enjoy the movies if you enjoyed that you're, you're gonna love this yeah i have a check on that one too i'm excited for it nice the next game that I, I have checked, I've been following for a while. It's super creepy. It's definitely weird. Uh, it's coming out October 28th. Perfect for this time of year, I think. It's Happy Game. Uh, it was announced in a direct a while ago. And it just I think it just kept getting pushed and pushed. Like originally it was supposed to be second quarter and then it was third quarter. And now it's fourth quarter, I guess, <laughs> of this year. Um, but it's coming. And I love the price point for this game is $13.13. Because the number 13 is really mm-hmm. unlucky. unlucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I loved it. I thought that was cool. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Happy Game, it's a psychedelic horror adventure. You endure three unforgettable nightmares, solve deeply disturbing puzzles, and don't trust the smiley faces and cute pink bunnies. Okay. Don't trust uh, it. <laughs> don't trust it, yeah. I also have Virtual Verse coming out on Octo- October 28th. It's a $15 game. This one looked interesting. It's a challenging old school cyberpunk point and click adventure set in a not too distant future. It has the very cool pixelated look to it. It's got some what you expect, you know, cyberpunk synth type music. It's got the neon. It looks very Blade Runner type look to it um it has very positive uh, reviews on steam but then it says the more recent ones are mixed so i don't know Mm -hmm. what happened from like the overall to sort of the most recent stuff but i'm hoping there's a demo there is a demo on steam to be able to try it and play it it looks just stylized and interesting so maybe we'll get a demo on switch but overall for 15 dollars, i gave it the check the next game we both have double checks on. We've talked about this before multiple times on the podcast. We played the demo. We gave it our praises. Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Wars is coming to the Switch finally yeah. on the 28th. It's going to be $30. $30. Um, the story follows a self-proclaimed hero as they set off to slay a recently awakened dragon, which actually ties to the demo. Um Presented in the manner of a tabletop RPG and playing out through narration from the game's master. So it's it's such a cool, unique game. Again, if you haven't checked out the demo, you really should. Um, yeah. I want this game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Without yeah. a doubt, I am buying this for sure. Uh, I'm actually, I think I'm going to buy the one that has the DLC content with it. I think I'm going to go for the even more expensive okay. version because I am very excited for this game. And I absolutely loved what we played of it and uh i mean i gave checks on a on a few things but this is the thing i'm getting this is the one that i'm playing this week this is the one i'm actually buying super excited play that demo see what you think totally unique experience unlike anything i've played before i love the art style i love the humor 100 getting this check want yeah. it yeah buying it <laughs> i'll probably be getting happy game before i get voice of cards just because i can stream happy game around halloween Sure. Um, I want to see it, but, you play Happy Game. 
I have zero interest in it, but I want to at least yeah. see you play it. <laughs> I don't know. Recently, I've been really into like horror stuff. I've been watching like scary. I don't know what's what, what's going on with me. Really into horror stuff. I I don't get it. Um, but yeah, as far as voice of cards go, I'm probably not going to be getting it right away. But it's something I will be definitely getting or asking for gift cards for around Christmas and then picking up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the last one we both have checked, speaking of horror games, is Fatal Frame Maiden of Black Water for $40. This is a game that I've actually been more interested in. So we'll see. I've always thought the Fatal Frame games were sort of interesting. I like the idea like the of them. Yeah, yeah, I like the concept of them. But this one celebrates the game's 20th anniversary, which I think is very cool. And basically, you have a camera, and that's how you battle the ghosts. You kind of walk around. You take your camera. It's got some special abilities, and it helps to uh, repel the, the ghosts, and that's how you fight them in these games. Yeah, there's a streamer we watch, Gab Smolders, and she plays. She's played all the Fatal Frame games. She loves them, mm-hmm. and I watched her play. Um, not made in a Blackwater, but a different one. I watched her play the beginning of it, and I stopped mm-hmm. because I really wanted to play it myself. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so eventually, I will probably um, maybe next year I'll play them because yeah. we're already near the end of October. But um, yeah, I think they look super cool. Really interesting concept. Yeah, and, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show, what we're playing. What are you playing? Some old favorites. I didn't stream this week, so I didn't end up playing any Observer because that was the day that I got my car. Mm. Um, But uh, I did jump back into Animal Crossing, and I've been decorating a little area or a little spot on my island just for Halloween. Um, It's good to be back in that game. I've missed it. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then... um, as far as the uh, other game I was playing, it was Fitness Boxing 2. I decided that it's probably better for me to play it a little more frequently than every six months. But it's nice because you can just pick it up for 10 minutes and then, you know, punch the air for for a little bit and then you're good and you get a decent workout in. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Anything that gets you moving is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been playing a little bit of Fire Emblem and I streamed some more Metroid Dread. And like I said, when I streamed this week, I need to be playing this game more than once a week (laughs) because it is too difficult to jump back in and have the... The, the the quickness needed to make progress. Especially because, when you're playing other games. And not only the that, controls but are different. Metroid Dread has a lot of, con- like there's a lot of buttons to use in this game. It's not just a jump and shoot. You know what I mean? Every yeah. button at this point, almost every button at this point has some sort of control to it. And they're not all just a single button does this. A lot of the times you're holding L and then you're shooting with this and then you're jumping with that. So you're using two or three buttons at once to perform the moves that are required to make progress. And I'm just not like it takes me an hour of the stream to kind of get my my back quickness back to things. get back into it so I can actually do something in the game. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think I'm probably going to I'm going to attempt to stream later today, the day we're recording, which is Sunday. And then again, a few times this week. So you may be able to catch us streaming a few times this week. If you're listening to the podcast on Wednesday, we, of course, record on Thursday or we stream on Thursdays and and, and I'll probably stream a few times. So hopefully you'll catch us playing some of Metroid Dread, but I'm absolutely loving it. It's been just fantastic. I'm loving every minute of it. And then uh, the only other thing that I've been playing, even though it's not Nintendo related yet, 
is I've been playing a little bit of Genshin Impact. Uh, I finally jumped in on this. I've been hearing about it forever. Uh, it is a gotcha game, so you got to be careful if you're somebody that's prone to spending a lot of money on these things. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I've been playing free-to-play this whole time. I've, I don't know, maybe 10 hours in. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. I know that this was announced for the Switch, but I'm really hoping it does come out on the Switch. I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between mobile and PC. So I'm really, really hoping it comes out on the Switch because there's some some spots where it's better looking than Breath of the Wild. Like it's mm. gorgeous, gorgeous game. But yeah. stylized story-wise so far, it's been it's been a blast. Everything's voice acted. Everything, the story is just really interesting. So that's been taking a lot of my time when I'm not on the Switch. I'm excited for when it does come to the Switch. And the reason I started it now is because it, it, when it comes on the Switch, I just log into my character and all of that content, all that progress is going to be on there. Nice. So yeah, it's all cloud saves. It's, it's, it's all cross-platform. Um, so really really well done from the team over there i mean it's it's just really impressive what they have i mean now they're making billions but it's impressive what they started and and what is being built and essentially free now if you want to write us and tell us all the games you're playing do that. We love to hear it. We love to talk with everybody. So you can go over to nintendodispatch.com, hit that contact button. If you want to watch us like we were just talking about, you go to twitch.tv slash Dispatch. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. You can go to at Dispatch Podcast and talk to us there or go to our Discord where we are constantly chit-chatting about all things. Uh, I think a few of us have been going back and forth on the NSO Plus plan and talking about uh, just a bunch of different stuff that keeps popping up. So it's always Mm -hmm. a fun thing to kind of have discussions over there. And it's definitely better than just sort of a a short little tweet. It's actually you can kind of chit chat back and forth. Yeah, let's let's have a conversation. Yeah. And if you want to do that, you can just find the link on our website. So thank you so much for listening. And this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.